Stage with Dark Charmedia with your host, Danny Atwell. April's Off the Cuff is off the charts with Danny, Miguel, and Chris Hengel talking about all of April's awesome stuff. Off the Cuff means you film before a studio audience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Off the Cuff. It is for the month of April. I am your host, Danny Atwell. With me, as always, the dead man, Miguel Pedroza. Hello. And guest starring this month, Chris Hangle, also known as the Grave Robber. Also known as Tuna Fish. Tuna. Tuna Fish. Like, you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> I, I, that's one of them jokes. It's one yeah. of them jokes. That makes it's me want to hurt people a dad joke so it has been it has been a dense month man yeah very much so man we have the season finale of one of our crown jewels fascination street yeah which i know a lot of people were looking forward to we have hacking the stranger from detonation boulevard uh-huh. one of the most emotional I, I think one of the most emotional episodes we've ever put out besides besides last episodes with chris <laughs> yeah ash two ashes we transform and then we went from this tearjerker to another one yeah detonation boulevard's getting fucking sad man <laughs> and like i like 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 it, it, it's getting like it's getting like wine in, in a bathtub sad you know <laughs> but you know what that's okay because to be to be honest it's like you get to find out a lot of the uh backstory to a lot of you know like the relationship between hack and and, uh and jet and you get to find out like one of the other reasons why the world is literally you know turned to shit and you get a really cool v for vendetta uh easter egg very true very true Mm -hmm. uh i i did that on purpose and uh that was that was that was a fun time writing that i'll tell you what uh, and then we got the commercials. Commercial Palooza. That's where a- like all my voice talent is. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like you had, like you were, you you were the two, uh, like the two kids. Yeah. And then you uh, played as uh, Judge Judge Ronathan Joyce in yep. another episode. <laughs> yeah. The Judge voice came out better than I expected. <laughs> It did. Like, like the, the whole thing was, like, really fucking funny. Like, I, I found myself laughing more than I thought I would. And, of course, we have the beginning of my favorite, probably my favorite arc that's ever going to happen in Fun With Dirt mm-hmm. so far. And we, we, we heard a name. We heard a name. We heard a name. Teresa. And this is going to be a lot of fucking fun going forward because I'll tell you what, you guys aren't ready. You no, know, nobody's ready for what's coming. I tell you, oh, it, God, it's, yeah. it's kind of insane. So with that said, let's get into our first episode. Let's, let's get into Detonation Boulevard. Holy shit. <laughs> um, this was one of those episodes that was, in my opinion, really difficult to write, but at the same time, really easy to write. Because I remember Danny and I going back and forth about this as well as Mac giving his input. And we were trying really hard to find a way. We were trying to find a way to uh, have everything that was happening 
mean something and do something. And I think I think it was your idea to have the opening lines come from from Hack. Yeah, I, it was the originally my uh, Mac's original concept was you know he originally wanted to do another thing with just you know having Jet doing the narration coming from his personality. I'm like, you know what would make it even better? Have half of that episode come from Hack's perspective. And then have the other half of it coming from the reaction with with Jet, and then everything that came up with him, and and things like of that nature, and like writing the scene where Hack is basically telling certain things from his perspective, dealing with the nurses. You you can see that there's that huge influence of Hack onto Jet, because yeah. they're almost they're almost the same gruff individual. And I think that um, in regards to Hack finally, you know, finally saying, look, you got to go finish your uh, your mission. And then you got another one straight up. And, you know, Jet obviously thinking this is going to be just some, th- uh, some other mission. I mean, I'm wondering, like, deep down, if maybe this was hacks plan all along i well i mean like well the the way the way that hack was getting of the, the the whole show yeah you know what i mean he he was coughing and jet even remarked that hack looked like shit what <laughs> i always thought that was just you know the way they greeted each other man you yeah. look like shit yeah you yeah I, I don't i don't think you. uh i don't i don't, I don't, was... I don't think jet has told anybody they look good i think that I think Jet told everybody they look like shit. You're like even Maxie in the uh, previous episode. Man, yeah. I thought you were dead. <laughs> and uh, of course, this goes back to this goes back to, to Chris's narrative of just Jet's a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I, I I think maybe I think also maybe that that was I like and, and the way we wrote it. I I also think that maybe this was Hack's way of preparing jet for the inevitable yeah you know what i mean like like just he knew getting, it was coming he knew it yeah. was coming getting getting jet to treat everybody like this kind of an arm's length uh you know what i mean because because even even with uh even with fits like yeah jet jet and fits are kind of getting close but they're both kind of like at arm's length up to each other they neither one really like commits to anyone <laughs> not exactly. yet anyway and um but like the, 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 that 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 opening scene was, was instead of saying something like, "Are you okay? You don't look so good. Are you okay to travel?" Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Meet me at the Kitatan, okay? Like, <laughs> um, not like, hey, bud, it's okay. No. You look well, like he didn't you don't know look what good. Happened. You don't <laughs> look good. You look like but shit, like, dude. You don't look too good. But that uh, made sense, though. <laughs> and then switching to uh, Jet's perspective shortly after that, mm-hmm. fin- he finally delivers the goddamn amulet, finally, I, to Michael. I would, I would love to say that this was kind of like the tongue-in-cheek funny part. Yeah. Re- like, what, he's literally you? running around you know going me? to this. How do I know you? What number am I thinking of? Well, not that. <laughs> yeah. but, like, it the, finally came out. But, like, the... Um, the idea of he's walking to his destination, 
and all hell's breaking loose around him. You hear the mob basically screaming and crying and, and doing their thing, and he's just walking. He doesn't really care about what the hell's going on. He's going to complete his mission, and then he comes across the guy, and he's like, you know, like, like the whole entire back and forth between the, sh- the, the Shadow Man and especially when Jet finds out who he is. Yeah, and, you know, the episode's out. It's Michael, uh, the archangel, and he's been clipped of his wings. And, of course, that ties into into what what this world is, which is the opposite of Fascination Street, where, Mm -hmm. you know, the Ordo Vitalis won and everything went to shit. But, like, I, I, I do love how you can very much tell that both Danny and I wrote this scene together because Danny has this like reverence with Michael and then we have Jet just being a dick mm-hmm. <laughs> like Chris like like Chris said, you know, who, who are you? how do you know me what number am I thinking of like, like I I was <laughs> I, I did that line that I didn't know if it was gonna make it but it fucking made it and it made mm-hmm. me so happy <laughs> and and just the, the the issue where um he's sitting there questioning everything yeah because he can't wrap around his mind is saying it's like okay you exist why does this world look like shit you know and it's like it doesn't make sense that he's like i I, you know i can guess the the fucks that destroyed my uh you know the ifrit obviously and then you know i can even think about the the demon in the desert that i dreamt up thinking he's still still fucking cactus that's still funny to me and you know but he can't wrap around the fact that that there's there was a divine an being yeah yeah i mean like in jet's defense could you possibly with everything he's seen could you even mm-hmm. possibly conceive of the idea of divinity in this world no. you know what Obviously. i mean like he, he watched his mother die his father was a drunken piece of shit also played by chris <laughs> uh, that's right i remember that now uh he's met a, a, a hallucination who claimed to be a demon he met the ifrits who were a new species of something out there he didn't know what but they were and you know it, like like the just the, the the concept the idea itself in this fucking world of divinity like i don't blame him I, I don't blame him at all you know what i mean it's like if you it's like if we were all all three of us were walking down the street and found a functioning harry potter wand like like the the concept is <laughs> the concept is mind-blowing like we'd be like what the fuck is this hey hey chris you know crucio <laughs> yeah the worst part is too my first thought if i were to pick one up i'd be like oh, 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 oh. i'm just Dude, don't put this back, back. Put, okay. put back down keep that i'm gonna keep <laughs> that <laughs> I know, like, my, my first one would be like, oh, yeah, sure, okay, it's a Harry Potter incendio. That's a flamethrower. <laughs> I would do Liviosa just for the hell of it, and I'd fly. And be like, ah, I can't get down. Yeah, no, for me, the first spell that comes to mind is Avada Kedavra. I'm just like, Avada Kedavra, oh, my God, that's terrible. <laughs> that's the first one I remember. Just, just, <laughs> just destroy a tree nearby, you know what I mean? Just, Avada Kedavra. Oh, my God. Malakaliki Mako. Oh wait, that's that's, that's Hawaiian. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's pineapples everybody, everywhere. Everybody has lays now. It's like, oh. 
<laughs> this wasn't in the books. Immediately goes home and Googles what is the Harry Potter spell for tacos. <laughs> like, Accio, Accio tacos. <laughs> right? I mean, like, uh, but like, like, but that's that's what it is for Jet in, in, in my mind. You know what I mean? It, it'd be like us finding a Harry Potter one. Like, it, the, 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 the concept is mind blowing. And so, you know, especially the idea of, okay, yeah, okay, so you're a divine being. How did all of this get fucked then? How did all of this take a left fucking turn at Albuquerque? He never answers. Of course not. They're angels. You know? And yeah, I, I still, I, I, I love the scene because it, it, it is, like I said, there, there is a lot of reverence there. You know what I mean? With Danny's writing. And then you have my writing. That's Jet. And it's just, it melds so well because it's like a Monty Python skit versus, versus an SNL skit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like an SNL skit's trying to sell it real serious. And then you have Monty Python that's just going ham on the stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, you know, just the, the idea of him using the, the medallion to get home, just get back to where he was because he lost his wings. Yeah. And then, um, and I tell you the, the music, the music behind the, the, uh, the episode so far was picked deliberate and I didn't pick it well, even that's the fun thing. Yeah. The unforgiven fit really good during Michael's story. Like mm-hmm. yeah. that was a really good choice. Mm-hmm. And then, you know who re- recommended it? Mac was like, "You need to use Unforgiven for this." Nice. I was like, "You know what? You got it." It because I, I realized it fit perfectly. And then with uh, in the beginning of the episode, two steps behind by Def Leppard for how Hack viewed Jet. Yeah. And and you know that the fact that he he found him at twelve, basically sort of made him a man. You know, tried to keep him the you know there how to survive. And then, you know, they finally gives him the medallion and uh, he leaves. He disappears. Obviously, he didn't get any fucking answers because all he, all the only thing he did get was uh, he got a power boost from him to the suit saying, if you want to take and help New Vista, here you go. How? Yeah. Oh, well, it can manifest any weapon <coughs> it wants, you know, at this, you know, at your disposal. Oh, really? Oh, but don't get it past 18%. Why? Why? It's a little arbitrary, don't you think? I, yeah, I do love... I, I like how, uh, once again, leave it to leave it to Jet to call out a writer's trope, mm-hmm. which, which, we, which we included on purpose because mm-hmm. it's just like what this series is. It's a, it's a series of tropes that we absolutely use Jet as a vehicle to call out. You know what I mean? Don't, don't let it fall below 18%. That is fucking arbitrary as shit why 18 <laughs> because it'll go into self-preservation mode wait a minute so this thing's a, a, a bad weapon and and it's uh, a weapon until it's not <laughs> until it's not yeah yeah but uh then we get the letter uh after after michael fucking uh you know gets star tracked up up to wherever he was going uh he, you know, Scotty beams him up. We get the letter, and the letter is, of course, Hack trying to make uh, Jet's next mission as easy on him as possible by trying to make him laugh, calling him names, you know, explaining that the situation is never going to get better, and so 
this is his choice. He wants to go out like this. He wants to be taken out by somebody he sort of sees like a um by, as, as a like a figure. father or son figure. Yeah. yeah. And the, the one thing that I wanted to do with the letter, I wanted Hack to try and disarm him mentally in this as best as possible. But Hack probably knew deep down, especially when he saw him again, that that was going to be impossible. Once oh, you yeah. gave him the task, he wasn't going to like the task, but he was going to do it because that's the code. Right. And when he got done finished reading the letter, Jet just, I, I don't know if this is me reading into the scene a little bit further, even, you know, while editing or whatever. Like, right. I could hear, like, a mental uh, break. Like, there, there, the was, last there was a cliff. Yeah, there was a cliff, and he went over it. Yeah, he just went over. And, and uh, no, 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 no. Like, like we, when we wrote the scene, I remember I wanted, uh, we both wanted you to write Hack's letter because, like, you were the one invested in Hack's character. Mm-hmm. I was the one more invested in Jet's reaction. And so we were both, like, splitting this up. And Mac came in and wanted, you know, uh, because I remember you wanted to kind of play it straight, like you wanted the letter to kind of be straightforward, and Mac was like, "No, nah, let's let's put some let's put some feeling in this." Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, and that was Mac's, you know, flavor that he sprinkled on top of it, and it was it worked really well. It worked really well in the end. He there, gave it the know. Mac sauce. He did. He, he, yeah, he, he did. sprinkled some Mac sauce on it. Considering that technically Hack wasn't a Mac product in the yeah. first place, the yeah. fact that he added that little bit of extra stuff to it. Was like, oh, okay. This is this from a character you were a throwaway character that you were planning on doing for now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I remember when you were done when you were done writing that, and you were like, okay, so what can we do with what can we do with Jet's reaction? And I was like, I ha- I know exactly what I want to do. I know exactly what I want to do. And you were like, go for it. Yeah. And so I wrote this. I wrote perfect. the scene out. I wrote the scene out literally from him sitting down on the bench, just broken as fuck even talking about the idea that i can't shoot him one he's in the hospital two he'd be pissed at me if i wasted a bullet exactly all the way up until i wrote all the way up until hack woke up and that was like really difficult for me. And, and here's here's the fun part all right and here's a, here's a nice little easter egg for everybody that's listening i actually wrote this part as an easter egg for chris <laughs> I had no idea when I was writing this that Chris was actually going to be part of the project, but I knew he was going to listen to support Danny, to support me. So I wrote this with the uh, V for Vendetta in mind. And I even tried to use the Scarlet Begonia that he used in uh, the comic book and in the movie. Uh, But Danny was like, ah, it's a little bit too on the nose. And I was like, fine. (laughs) <laughs> fine we'll call Changing it we'll call it touch of divinity different. and so uh no it was touch of sweet serenity touch of sweet serenity that's right so i had written this uh i had written this this v for vendetta easter egg and uh man uh, i i remember i remember writing it and i gave it to danny and danny was just like well, i got fuck all to add to this <laughs> no nah, i didn't have to i mean like the the good news was like the whole scene where where hack wakes up because it goes once again back to Hack's perspective. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, we can work with this. This is going to be good. 
And and turns out it was probably some of the most emotional shit that we've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Besides yeah. last episode, this was like if you thought last episode's, in my opinion, was a tearjerker, this one I was on the verge of tears and I That was us. Edited, yeah. That was us. We edited it. We're like, <laughs> dude, I can't believe he's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, why are you crying? I know. I, I helped write it. <laughs> and I acted in it. Really. We acted it out. I mean, like, it, it was so, uh, because I, 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 I don't know how. And here's here's kind of like what I want to ask, because I'm going I'm to talk about like the way I approached it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like uh, when I when I wrote that and I was like, I was like, yes, this is awesome. How the fuck am I going to voice this, though? Because Jet is such a dick. And he's so loud and he's so boisterous. Like, how am I going to play this? You know what I mean? I, like, like, I knew exactly how you were going to do it. And I found that very, uh, very interesting. Because and it was no, like, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. But it was like, you're going to finally crack. That's a, like your bravado is going to crack. And when it does, it's going to unleash all that, for all that anger, all that frustration. But you're going to do it alone. So no one, no one has the issue where I'm looking at, you know, I'm not, people are looking at me and no, cause you, you Jet's number one goal is the mission. Jet's yeah. also got an image to protect as a contractor. So most of his emotional shit happens behind closed doors or where no oh, one yeah. can see it. So yeah. I was like, yeah, and, but the, how you did it, that was, that was, uh, that was brilliant. I had uh, I don't I don't know if you guys know who like like well Pendulette right Pendulette's mm -hmm. one of my heroes and uh, Is it the you guy know, that sells the razors. Yeah, yeah, uh, he, <laughs> the guy who upmarks all the razors and. But Penn's, Penn's an asshole. You know what I mean? On, on stage and anytime you put a camera on him and he's in the Penn and Teller uh, persona, you know he's this loud, boisterous dick and. Everyone's a fucking cock and fuck you and you piece of shit motherfucker. And then you take him away from the Penn and Teller persona. And he's this uh, really soft-spoken, really humble, wonderful man. who's just kind of weird and laughs at everything. And I was like, I want to do that. That's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with that that pen, that pen Gillette dynamic mm -hmm. where, where, where Jet is just like everyone, to everyone all the time. He's like, yeah, fuck you, pal. You're a fucking asshole. You know, and then finally, this. This is that. This is the the the, the door shutting, and he has no choice but to drop the bravado for once. And so when he's sitting there with Hack, and he's and you know Hack's like, is it gonna hurt? He's like, no, no, it's gonna be painless. And I'm like, all all the fire's gone, mm -hmm. all the anger is gone all the bullshit is gone it's just he's a lost little kid again you know what i mean with a deep voice yeah with yeah. a deep voice but i mean like like that, that's what i wanted and you know like when i, when I was listening to it i'm like fuck it came out so perfect mm -hmm. and hack he hack commenting on the fact that he's oh i must sound like the biggest pussy in the world but i'm like but it was so genuine the line that you said is it gonna hurt yeah. It was so genuine. It was so full of fear. Like, like, what, what, what went through your head for that performance? 
honest to God, uh, a little bit of my dad. <laughs> really? A little bit of my father um, and how he uh, sort of viewed the world around him. I took some of that inspiration from him. From him. Um, the other parts of it, the guy has probably had not had a single day for a very long time where he's not been in pain. So he's kind of like, you know what, is it going to, you know, whatever you're going to do, is it, is it going to, because I've already had enough of this. And, you know, he was a, a couple facets of different, you know, like, you know, the wisdom that you get in your age doing, especially doing what he's been doing for the past what, 40 years, maybe. I mean, at least 20, at least 20. So that plus Jet's narration after Hack dies and the nurses put a clean white sheet over him. It's probably the cleanest thing that ever touched his body. And I'm just like, damn, you know, kind of makes you think about that whole fucking real sad uh, statistic that most men don't receive their first flowers until their funeral. Yeah. Yeah. And. That's and, and, and I still wanted that to be said. Like I know originally I had written that line to be like a jab. You know what I mean? Kinda of like one of Jet's jokes, but I was like, I don't want to play it as a joke. I really want him to genuinely mean this. I really want him to genuinely mean like that's the cleanest thing that's ever touched my friend's body. And yeah. like it's in his death. And like so like it, all all this all this fun from from, from Detonation Below are that we've been having at the the weird facets that it's been going through like we finally have this very very dugout trench of emotion you know what i mean that we've been in for the last two episodes and chris chris like chris literally laid up the ball and we just we just took it to the net because with with fitz's performance in the last episode like literally gave us the platform to do this episode and i mean that genuinely like without fits without Chris's performances fits in the last episode, this episode would not have worked in any fucking way at all. Fitz was that guy that made it okay for the tough guys to be set, uh, sad sometimes. No, <laughs> he was, he was he, much. He was, but it, it, to be to be frank, it's it's a, a more of a. I thought you were Dan, huh? <laughs> no, Frank's a badger. No, You're Frank's Dan. a badger. Yeah, Frank's and an he's asshole. an asshole. <laughs> It was kind of like uh, an avalanche anyway, especially emotion-wise. You knew something was going to come out of finally reaching New Vista. You knew. Yeah. Because that it was building up to it. Um, exactly what? I don't think the fans knew until it happened. And they were like, wow. I did not expect this, but wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, we did. This was literally these last two episodes were a one two punch. And imagine um, what episode nine is going to be like. Yeah, the next nine and next, ten. Oh my God. I'm like, like after this, I'm just like, I, and now I need to hear the bar. Now I need to hear the what happens in the bar because I'm like, if we got, if we got the notes so right on this, I really need to hear what happens in the bar. Like I, I am so fucking curious because like I, I, I know I'm distracting everybody from the next couple of episodes because everybody's like, well, bar. Miguel keeps talking about the bar. Trust me, the next couple of episodes of Detonation Boulevard are gonna be a roller coaster. Emotional wise, not so much, but it's, 
Yeah. Uh, it's going to be extraordinarily interesting going forward from here. Yeah. And of course, we have we have uh, we have a couple of uh, uh, we have Jets scream, and um, sure. I, I I I remember we were recording, and, and Danny's mm-hmm. like, I was like, ah, okay, Danny's going to sound effect it. You know, he's going to he's going to zapsplat.com that. And yep. then, Danny, then, like when I'm done with the lines, Danny just goes, "Okay, time to scream," and I'm like, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> because the screams that I got from Zap Splat are all higher tone. Your voice is of a lower tone, and it makes more sense for you to scream than me to pull from that. So it made more. I was like, so I'm sitting there, like in the bit, it's like, "Okay, Miguel, I'm ready for you to scream." What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I need you to scream. And so I reached into my inner Jonathan Davis from Corn, and uh, so I was I wasn't trying to trigger the clip guard. I I, I positioned the microphone just slightly away from me, mm-hmm. and I went full Jonathan Davis, 1998, and tore up my throat. Like it, it was funny trying to record for the rest. Of we we had like we had like two other things we were going to record that day, but after I did that scream, I was torn up. And yeah, we we had to postpone the last two stuff. But let me tell you, it was well worth it because, like, you pulled out every bit of emotion into not just the scream, but what happened afterwards. Like, he's crying, he's slamming his fists at the on the uh, the steering wheel. He's he, like, it's just in Cursing, a situation. Yeah. I was like, wow, this this is insane coming from a so like the entire uh, series. Jet's always been the one that's been, what do you what do you call it? Like, super confident, and it's yeah. like, but it's like, there you finally seen him break, almost akin to how Fitz broke at the at the end of last uh, of the last uh, episode, and I think finally having that break made things a little bit more in depth for him. It made him a lot more human. A made lot him more less of human. a dick. Yeah. I, I I think also that that break is going to play a lot more into what's coming next. Yes, because now you're whoever's coming to invade New Vista, which obviously it's Baron Ziggy. He's coming. How is he going to react to a fact to a, a dealing with a jet hawk that just doesn't give a fuck anymore? Yeah, he does well, nothing to lose. He's got nothing to lose. And uh, the wise man always says the most dangerous man is someone who's got nothing to lose. So, and of course, uh, Fitz had more. Fitz had a couple of lines in this, and uh, just a couple. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't Fitz's story, though. You know, no, no, part of it. I'd like to see what Fitz was doing during all this, though. What, okay, hypothetically, all right, I'm going to throw this out there. Hypothetically, what do you think Fitz was doing during all this? Probably sitting in his car thinking about links. Oh, not like going to get anything to drink or no, probably just having his own little emo boy moment. Emo boy. (laughs) I like, I like that. I like that idea. You know, like he's finally alone. He can finally let out everything that he was holding in while he was telling his story last episode. Well, he's not obviously drinking because, you know, he's fighting off that uh, Hope Eternal yeah. Uh, yeah. addiction. So. 
I, I, I imagine he went like he went talked to talked to what to Maxi. Yeah, and, and probably learned probably found out how uh, to become a become a contractor. Yeah, you know. And Maxi probably said talk to Jet, and Fitz probably said fuck this. I'm just gonna go wait in the fucking car, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because Maxi just sit there and go. Come on, man! I've been trying to get all these people out of here. You gotta, you know. <laughs> I'm a little bit busy. Yeah. You gotta go talk to Jen about that shit. <laughs> I'm trying to yeah, get all Jet's these motherfuckers out of here. Too, so it looks like you're no use either. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's, there's Fitz just wandering off, all pissed off. I, I still, I still got. We, I still have a line I want to use. And we're gonna use it sometime in the future, but it comes from. Uh, you guys ever seen the movie Payback? No, I don't think I have. No, Mel Gibson, really? God, no, it's one, it's one of the Gibson fan. It's a it's one of the best like revenge movies out there, even like the heavily edited U.S. release. But the, there's a there's a scene where he's talking with the guy that betrayed him, and uh, and Mel Gibson's just like this crow magnum, you know, murderer type, mercenary type guy, and then he fucking. Uh, uh, he shoots the guy, and the guy's like, "Fine, fine, fine. You're crazy as you're crazy as shit, but I'll help you. I'll fucking I'll help you get your revenge and get the money that you, we stole from you back." And and like Mel Gibson's fidgeting because he has a cigarette in his mouth and he's fidgeting. And he's like, "You got a lighter?" And the guy's on the floor like with bullet holes in him. And he's like, "Why?" Like, Do you have a lighter? And the guy's like, "No." And then Mel Gibson picks up a pillow, puts it over the guy's face, and goes, "Then what good are you?" And then just plugs him. Ooh. And I'm like, I, I gotta use that somehow in the writing. I gotta use that line. Then what good are you? She didn't just murder the fuck out of someone. Well, and I wanted to use it in Detonation Boulevard, but there was no place for it. But that's really. I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna use it. But now, now we have, now we have Fitz, and we got Jet. And they're uh, they're preparing for what comes next, and what comes next is going to be ultra violent, ultra bloody, and one of the most fun episodes we had recording because uh, we're gonna find out what Ziggy did to take power. I know we I know we alluded to it before, but we're gonna find out exactly what happened. That's gonna be an interesting episode. Fitz you. and Jet, sad boys raising hell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Sunday, sad. Sunday, Sunday! Two really sad, sad boys kicking ass, taking names. <laughs> In a world where two guys lose the only one person that they cared about. Holy shit, <laughs> and they're now, coming after everyone you. has to fear. <laughs> yeah. Right. So let's close the book on Detonation Boulevard right. and just uh, say that. Please stay tuned for next episode because, oh, this is going to be violent. June season oh, yeah. finale. May's coming up. Oh my god! It's, oh yeah, it's gonna be epic. May is May is gonna be so fucking dense. May mm -hmm. is gonna be so dense. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about fun with dirt. Yep. <laughs> One of the funnier episodes we wrote, and, and also not not uh, not constructed the same way as other episodes too. Because no, we had a we had a cold started. start. Cold yeah. start. And. Uh, Dan, was I in that one too? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think. I don't think. Yes, you were. were. Yes, you were. Yes, he was. That's what, that's what I thought. Like, I think I was there at the end of the episode. He is. He changing is changing into like a robe or something. 
Oh yeah. We're gonna we'll get to that here in a second. Now I got now I gotta look. Jeez. I am trying to remember now and I yeah. let, me let me here. let me pull up my recording files here. Was it like, uh oh god, it, yeah, that might have been you. That was Dark him. Charm, fun with dirt, two oh six. Two oh five. Two oh five. Yeah, oh, yeah. two oh five yeah, and two oh six. Funny episodes. Oh yeah. And so let we... me tell you. Oh god. Well we'll get there. We'll get there, guys. So we we have a cold start one of one of the first times with uh, fun with dirt and uh, what's really funny is that I, like I said we record these and I forget that I did them so hearing Craig choke on his not on his decaf cup what happened to the the, the decaf line it was supposed to be very specified that he drinks decaf coffee because he doesn't drink caffeine <laughs> I that he, I don't know like it went somewhere but like it went somewhere him spitting it all over himself was fucking hilarious because he's an idiot yep and uh the amish dating game now now that's the amish a dating the show the fact that the amish dating show even exists <laughs> is like what so fucking good so and the last he thinks thing it's he a prank says... he thinks it's a prank at first yeah and, the and... last thing he says at the cold start is how hot the coffee is like oh she's just... so hot <laughs> He's already spit it all over himself. Yeah, he then he comments. That's like I'm like this guy. This guy's a fucking moron, and I love him. Uh-huh. So then we get the intro, and then we get the idea that the the date from hell ended out pretty well for both of them. Pretty well, yeah. Jay and Jay and, uh, and Harry both uh, both kept their respective girlfriends or you know dates. Yeah. Uh, Harry's date got a new plant, and uh, Jay got to keep his girlfriend without having some further complications. Especially with all the situations that happened with uh, the date from hell, Rachel. Yeah. And and they found out that obviously that Rachel, um, you'll you'll you know like the fact that she was a little bit clingy, and you're like kind of like she was okay. very clingy. Yeah. So you'll you'll figure out later on that you know because that's not the last you've seen of Rachel in this season. So, we'll, we'll we'll leave we'll leave we'll that leave there that before we get into spoiler territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving on, he gets yelled at by Craig because Craig goes from thinking it's a prank to thinking he's been dosed on acid. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> "You you sons of bitch! It's got to be you guys that did this." And and Jer- Harry and Jerry are like, "What, what the, the fuck, fuck is going are you on? Talking yeah. about." <laughs> And, then, and like you know, he hands I, Harry the 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 the, the letter. notice, and he she he's and he's like, "Wow, this is legit. <laughs> this is legit. They're they're women that are they're in the rumspringer that are going to go back to their society, but, but wanna, they want to bring someone with them. Yeah, they want to be on a dating show before they return to their societies. Oh and God! Like just the idea that he keeps Craig keeps jumping back and forth between positives, like." That's what made me laugh as well, and I don't remember doing that, but it came out so good. Uh-huh. Like, I don't, I don't think they own TVs. I think I'm sure. I'm almost positive. Like, like, it's do just, they have it's... TVs? I mean, like, I don't know. Like, the, they don't even really record anything. They had candles. What? The... <laughs> <laughs> like, but then, like, you know, they finally, uh, you know, they're they're heading in, and they get a call from. I mean, they get a, I guess, a ethereal call a from visit. Clarence. Yeah, and Our Clarence old buddy shows Clarence. up from uh from earlier in the first season who who died and now he comes back and he's like you know kind of trying to rib him and then he realizes mm, oh, this a bit is too soon. a little painful that's a little too soon uh, too soon 
too soon clearance. Yeah. But you know, he always. He, he, I mean, when we'll remember from the character from the first episode, he, he did like playing pranks on them. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean. It, it just it just fits with the character. Um, and we find out that yeah, Clarence is here to help. Give them some writing material. Uh, all they got to do is pay his missus a visit. Yep, that's it. Just pay his missus a visit. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, easy. We've done easy. that before. Yeah. And of course, we move forward even further. We, we go forward with uh, Ra- Rachel Crosby once again re- reprising her role as Connie. Fantastic uh, as Connie. Just, oh my God. She's so good. And I like her stepping on Craig's lines. Like, it made me laugh so hard when he's trying to talk with the fucking triplicates. And she's just like, the pink forms. Did they send it? <laughs> Did they send the pinks? With this, because that's what we have to send to the insurance company. Uh, no, we don't have any pinks. <laughs> they were yeah, all we, we got to go down to the morgue to get them. And the, the the lady who wrote it up said she knew you, Craig. And then Craig is in the background having a complete meltdown the entire time because he saw the signature of Teresa Hartman. Teresa Hartman. Yeah, I, I, I think I. It might be the same girl. I don't think it's the same girl. It could be the same girl. And then, and then, like the whole idea of old man McGee just coming up with his idea. Oh, you know her, huh? Well, guess what we can do. And like, what's like, like. Like Connie, Connie trying to be the voice of reason until she realizes there's money on the line, and then it's just like no holds barred. Like fuck it, like, like we're gonna do whatever it takes. And and well, it's Jay, not just a little bit of money either. No, it's a hundred thousand no. dollars. <laughs> and uh, what what I really loved, what I really loved, right, was like we 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 all had this weird perception of the McGee's, right? We always mm-hmm. thought Connie was cool, Craig's a dickhead. Old man McGee's a, a you know an old mean man, but then we have we were looking at them through Harry and Jay's perspective that they're all pretty much the same. Yeah, they're all they're, fucked in the head. They're all very <laughs> fucked individuals. They're all, but I love the dynamic, and I, this literally almost came about as a happy accident between Robert, Rachel Crosby, and and, and you. Yeah. Never you've never had either one of you in the same room to record any of these lines ever, and you are the most dysfunctional family. And it works so <laughs> and fucking well. It works well. so well. I mean, the commercials really help bring out the craziness of the family and, and, and yeah, uh, yeah. And the inner greed to, to that we were using to try and get this season you know uh, uh beefed up out and hyped up yeah. and out there and oh my god i didn't realize how much of a happy accident it was to have each of you do what you did and it works so well and just, just just the idea that it goes from oh my god craig craig to this whole sweep of just like I don't want to say narcissism, but there is something definitely fucking not right with them. Oh, not, and it, no, no, not right at all. <laughs> and then it ends up back at Craig, like right back at Craig being like the, the victim of all of this. Like he's trying, he's trying <laughs> to be the good son and gets thrown in the lion's man den. doesn't care. It's yeah. Like, it's like, his own his old old man signs him up for the fucking Amish dating game. Yeah, and that's oh Wait, my you fuck. You did this. <laughs> you signed me up for this. 
And then Craig still isn't like he's freaking out, but he's still trying not to cuss because he's sitting right in front of his dad. (laughs) I love, I love that. I love that was the one thing that I, I, I thought it was brilliant. You bring it to the table. It's like he curses like a sailor normally, but in front of his father, he'll curtail it. And I'm like, ooh, that's actually pretty cool. So like every time you'll sit there, you're you're ready to like curse something out, and he's in the same room. You you say something else. It's like, yeah, the, the the relationship, the breakup was a little funky, funky, funky. It, it, it was uh, funny. Oh my god! And um, then this, and they're listening. And the the thing is, like old man McGee comes up with this plan, try to get more pinks on our end. That way we can finally beat Fleischer's. And Harry and Jay are still there listening to all this. You're like, yeah. And then and he's like, what do you two want? Yeah, what the fuck do you two want? And like, I think it was funny because like, I remember we wrote this scene, right? We we wrote this, uh, we wrote this whole scene, and we were like, how the fuck are we going to convey this? How, how how the fuck are we going to convey this? And we were like, oh, well, let's just put Harry and Jay in the fucking office for, yeah, Craig trying to talk to them, Craig trying to be, you know, um, he wanted us for a meeting, <laughs> and then they walked in and and they were like, what are you two doing here? But I love um, uh I love Ro- I love Robert's last line of the scene. <laughs> oh my god! Mention any of this, any of the other diggers, and I will rend you limb from, from limb. limb. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to fuck with old man McGee. No one. <laughs> He's like he may be a small old dude, but I, he got tenacity. I ain't fucking. With him. <laughs> yeah, dude. Harry's like Harry's like like. Danny in my size, but he's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight that old man. Damn that! I'm gonna lose a finger or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't know how I lost it in the fight, but it's gone, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I, I'm not, I'm not. And, and uh, then they, <laughs> and so they finish, they finish the meeting. They go off to do one of their digging jobs, and like Craig comes by, pissed as anything. Like 45 minutes to an hour later after a very suspicious phone call after suspicious phone call we're not going to talk about it we're moving on yep and craig yeah shows up cursing up a storm and Uh, we get we get we get the the, we get the 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 doors are open for my favorite part my favorite episode ever and that is they're going to the gym why the gym (laughs) <laughs> because she, she we're, we're just going to the gym after she works at the morgue she does work at the fucking morgue right <laughs> so so and um you know it's it's but we gotta like, work the next day don't worry about it yeah i'll take care of it right then oh we get a little God. we get a little insight to the other grave diggers of course at fleischer's and uh i'm not victor i'm sorry I'm McGee's. yeah yeah victor rock and doug sanchez <laughs> and those guys those guys sound like any worker we've anybody's ever worked with Somebody yep. who takes their jobs way too fucking seriously for what they are. Yeah, I just doesn't put on do some enough. fresh deodorant. I'll be good until I shower. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's the that's the next scene after we dig our grave. They show up at uh, Clarence's house or Clarence's widow's house, rather oh now, my God. and uh, Clarence's widow is, is a little too friendly. The so. Only- old ladies have needs too so the thing that uh, that i loved what you did was uh big man i led you here on false pretenses yeah 
I'll let like, you Wait, you want to Swayze me just like Burt McGonagall did? That's next episode. You done spoiled it. Well, I didn't really spoil it. It's it just he wants it. You know, it, it happens. And he, she comes out dressed like she's. Well, at first is, and, and this is the crazy thing because I kind of, I, I kind of when I when I wrote this last part of the scene out, I was like, what would what would an older late older black lady do to try to seduce a younger white man? Cinnamon rolls. <laughs> what would she do to to try to seduce a big guy like Harry? Yeah, yeah cinnamon, cinnamon rolls. rolls. So, so she, he comes in and like Harry and Jay come into the house and they're it's like. Smells like cinnamon rolls in here. Where did, did you, you tell her we were coming? I thought you, you told her we were coming. I, I told her. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And then like just the idea of well, we were in a crunch, and I I, I went to I uh, I talked to Miguel. I was like, who the hell do we play? Do we play Shanice? And he was like, well, let's try Hangle. See if he'll do it. <laughs> Fucking give it to Hengel. He'll do anything. So, you know, <laughs> I, no, no, no. I, I tried. I went through we several. Like, yeah, I went through several candidates. I, I was like, what's, what's this person? No, like, no, they're not good. This person, that's derivative. Well, How about yeah. this person? Not even close. And then I was like, you know what? Let's let's try Chris. Chris is from Florida. He can hit that. He can Chris hit that can accent really well. Pull it off. Yeah. And and all I did was just slightly heighten your the the tone of your voice. Use your own natural inflection, and it was perfect. You sounded. Here's the crazy thing, Chris, and this is just, uh, this is literally a a, a uh, commendation, so to speak. That you sounded like an old teacher of mine from school. Okay. <laughs> and people who listened to the episode thought it was her that was on the episode. Nice. I was like, no, no, it's not her. I'm telling you, it's not her. <laughs> That's the best thing about voice acting, you know, I becoming know, right? another person. You're becoming <laughs> another person. That's fucking great. I'm and telling you, man. Great. I, I I remember recording half of this because like Craig goes a million miles a minute and I like recording Craig is such a whirlwind for me because I try to fit in as much stupidity as possible in such a short time. Yeah. But Clarence, with Clarence, I took my time on. I tried to sound like Ernie Hudson. Yeah. And uh, I think it really shined in this episode just as much as it did in the originals. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, I, I, of course, Harry and Jay are Harry and Jay. And I think, I think the, their, their reactions have become much more, much more astute with the world around them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like the, 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 the shock of talking to the daddies has worn off. And yeah. so now they're just kind of blase about it, you know? Well, and, eventually that was going to happen because you can't be freaked out every dead person you come across. So, yeah, it had to be a situation where they got either used to it or they're not seeing something absolutely grotesque in front of them. Like, and, I, or I, clowns. I, that will never, ever, ever. <laughs> Harry hates clowns. <laughs> Harry hates clowns, no matter what. But at some point in time, in every season, there's got to be a clown. A, a clown. There's going to uh, be a clown funeral. A clown funeral. Because Why? It's because it's tradition. Because it's <laughs> fucking funny. Like, and they got to be crazy endings too. 
Yeah, crazy deaths. Like, like, like. I, I'm still Why so was, proud of. She's blowing up balloon animals at a firing range. What? what? <laughs> no, she was at the firing range. She got hit by a stray at bullet. The firing range. <laughs> oh, well, then that guy got hit by a bus. What was he doing? Making blue animals for kids? Yeah, like he was a street performer, and a bus went rogue. <laughs> like, their fucking deaths are always kind of nuts. So it the makes next me laugh. So, Chris, did you have fun recording being a... Did you have fun being a sexy, older black lady? Sexy, older, busted black lady. Uh, yeah, who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> it was great, though. It was, uh, it, was a, it was a fantastic performance. It sold it. A little it bit sold of, it really well. Mm -hmm. Just, I would like... I, 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 I consider it being the... Uh, Blanche Devereaux, if she was from Georgia. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> nice. So, so here's my here's my next question. Out of all the quote unquote, um, actually I can't say that. Hold on. Out of all the uh, the roles you've played so far, would you say this one or Skull was more rewarding? <laughs> <laughs> this one was a lot funnier. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, like it was a lot more fun to listen to. I got we we got to do something else with Skull. We, I like, know, right? He keeps coming up. I keep bringing him up. <laughs> That's yeah. Well, I brought him up too uh, to Miguel uh, a while ago when we were driving in the truck. I was like, you know, I'm thinking about just going rogue and writing an, uh, like a weird episode where just all of the characters I've played are talking to each other and Rafferty's trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, wow. there's Rafferty just like. Rafferty's over here playing like some kind of uh, mediator. Rafferty's just all pissed Even the off. little kids? Yeah, the little kids the... are there. And Skull's like, what the fuck are the kids here for? <laughs> you know, and then We're just fucking... here for the hot dogs, sir. Fitz is like, you need to calm down. Your voice is irritating the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. And there's Rafferty just like, I hate all of this. Ladies, gentlemen, any non-binary or other individuals, please calm down. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, oh hell yeah! No. You just—it starts off. You just hear Rafferty like, "Who are you? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Where the fuck am I? <laughs> How about you shut the fuck up?" <laughs> oh my god you know what that's it I'm, I'm commissioning that. I want that. I want this. I want this. I want this. We're gonna we're gonna have one we're gonna have one cameo of of, of Damon, mm. <laughs> of Damon just popping in right at the end. I hit the wrong button. I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just like the last episode of the the last line of the episode has to be just this Rafferty Watchman fix this <laughs> right it could just this. that's the title it's a rogue episode it's not even a number it's just titled rafferty's headache yes. <laughs> i i want this i want this so bad well now we gotta see you if the do fans it for season four we gotta see five? if the fans want this if the fans yeah. want this they should send in the emails send in the send in the emails and then if it. that goes Radio. over if that goes over good Send more emails of other actors that have a lot of roles. Oh, yeah. 
that would be. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> oh, we're looking at you. We're looking at you. Uh-huh. That's going to be really interesting. Oh, we're yeah. looking at you, and I'm looking at the guy that plays the coke head and the Mexican and the French guy that does stuff. That does yeah. horrible things <laughs> in upcoming seasons. You know. Oh, Rouge meets Jeanne Rouge. Oh, my God. That'd be horrifying. <laughs> Look at you. Build like a fucking Mack truck. Hey, those could and be fun episodes like to release. Fucking croissant. Those could be <laughs> fun episodes to release during the off season. You know, yeah, like the would. fanfic stories when the show's in in hi- hiatus. That would be kind of fun. But uh, let's go ahead and just let's just say let's just say the next fun with dirt is going to be probably the funniest. Oh my god! Fun with dirt we're going to have, have for, no a, while. I, uh... for a while. For a while. And the, the 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 shock that's coming with this one is going to be nothing compared to the shock that happens at the end of the season. And I I'm am just happy that I'm included in Fun with Dirt now. Oh, yeah. Oh, we love you. You, you we, got we a main you. character coming up besides Shanice soon. Yeah, isn't it like um, 207? 20, no, I think it's 208 where he shows up. It's soon. It's, it's very soon, soon. It's soon, though. And... and uh, uh, Let's uh let's go ahead and close the book on that and say ow and say that we're gonna it's gonna ow. be a lot of fun. Hurt yourself, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I bleed for my crap. There's Rafferty. Step away from the microphone. This <laughs> dude just hurts himself all the time though. We had to fix a window in his room because he punched it in his sleep. I'm like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> oh, it's true. Replaced with polycarbonate. Clark, Clark had a bad dream and kicked it. Yeah, so we switched it out for like commercial grade silicone glue and uh, yeah. Lexan. You know the stuff uh, they make NASCAR windows out of. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, but let's uh, let's let's cover Commercial Palooza. Oh my god, that was so fun making that. This was <laughs> I had no idea that when. Danny and I wrote the first commercials for Dark Charm Media. It would take on a life of its own. Yeah, they well, did. and it wasn't until Commercial Palooza that I realized that the commercials are actually like linear story sets. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. And they're all stupid. <laughs> that's, that's the whole point. They're all, <laughs> even even the Keepers one with Josh Chambers is somewhat stupid because the lady's like, you know, I kind of miss the attention. Oh god, that, that got me laughing so hard. I, but for a very serious we, be, series, before we really get into it, I just have to say though, my favorite commercial ever isn't even included in Commercial Palooza. Oh, we we missed one. Which one was it? No, it was from a long time ago. Um, it was the one where it goes you get the commercial music and. Then, don't you just hate it when they stop the show and right in the middle of the plot just to show a commercial? Well, we're too small for that. Well, it's not going to happen here, folks. We're too small. Back to the show. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, okay. Shout out to Bert and Robert for that one. <laughs> yeah. There's just that long, awkward pause where you're like, you know, we hate it, but you're doing it. <laughs> oh, but you're not doing it. Okay. We're not doing it. Skipping it. All right. <laughs> All right, well yeah. that that is uh that goes up on the honorable mention shelf then. Yeah. yeah and what Robert. did everyone think about the surprise ending? Um 
this this whole thing was nuts. So you're gonna have to remind me which which one it was. So after the 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 official show ended, uh, I got a phone call saying that I missed one. Uh huh. And it was for one that we haven't technically released yet, but it's a uh, production for the uh, the the series has sort of been in progress. Um, the mini series has been in progress. It was for uh, Miss Billy's. Uh, island of right 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 yeah yeah that was that was kind of cool that was a a little preview right at the end and Mm -hmm. uh i I was like that's that's neat i'm really i'm I'm really looking forward to uh to stacy stepping into the shoes of the writer room and see where Mm -hmm. she's gonna take us oh my god let me tell you it's it's hilarious like the whole idea about like we sort of did as an homage to scrooged yeah. If you if you remember the movie, yeah. where he was like talking about like plague, and people were originally thinking, oh, they're doing something about Detonation Boulevard, and then it was like war, acid rain. I was like, oh my god, not the acid rain. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole idea was like, wait a minute, there was really no acid rain thing in Detonation Boulevard. It's like, wouldn't you just want to get away? <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot. But oh, uh I mean fuck me. I mean like like there's not much to say about commercial pollution that we haven't really talked about with the commercials because like well, we the got commercials, a second wave coming soon. Yeah, yeah the like, commercials have always been like a favorite of off the cuff. Like we've always loved the the, the stupidity. Like the McGee's the McGee's have always been have have had had a thing had a place in my heart. Yeah. Because you and I wrote it as a joke. Yeah, like we li- the, the whole McGee's thing started as a joke, like no bullshit. How uh, do you trip standing still? How do you <laughs> fall over standing still? <laughs> that was literally the fucking joke that started the entire commercial wave. Was just the idea that we were, we were like, yeah, he's just walking like people through the through the funeral home, and Craig just falls over and like just hits everything on the way down. It's the the mirror of the van. We hear shit breaking, and then. What did he call them? Like earth removal engineers? Earth removal engineers. I thought we were grave diggers, man. What the we're what? engineers. <laughs> I'm still telling my mom I got promoted. For indentured servant. <laughs> I'm gonna tell my mom I got promoted. What's really funny? What's really really funny about that commercial specifically is that I didn't write shit. I was just talking to Danny and just spitting lines that sounded really funny. And like two weeks later, the entire commercial is written and recorded. And I was like, "Do you did you really remember all the fucking puns I did and like like the whole the whole indentured servant thing I did as a pun? Like yeah, the whole fucking Craig falling over I did as a pun. Like and I was like, did you just remember all that? Most of it, yeah. And then uh, the the third episode, uh, the one with just Robert in it, he wrote that himself. And oh wow, he was like, that's that's really good. Yeah, he wrote the whole thing. Like, I want this to sound like it's a sleep number thing or a mattress commercial. Yeah. But it's not. <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. And then, like, and he was like, he was like, you know, no snoring spouses here that we that know we about. Know <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, um, just the idea of doing, like, a disclaimer at the end where he's like, you know, premium dirt not available at all sites. Uh, yeah, trial period. Uh, uh, cremations are non-refundable. <laughs> I mean, like, like, like they just 
the, the commercials took on a, 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 a life of their own. And of yeah. course, one my, my, my second favorite is, of course, the pep hot dogs with the kid with the stabbing yeah. at school. That <laughs> Chris played the little kid like to the T. <laughs> and oh my Dude, God, balls. <laughs> like, I know you, you, you like modulated it at, in post to make yeah. it more like a little kid thing, but. When we were recording that, I got so fucking lightheaded trying to do like the little kid anime voice. Oh my god! <clears throat> and, Does it have like a kid or something in it? Like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so, I, about the second episode with George Takei in it, I was yeah. like, so oh I started my. thinking to myself when everything was done, and Mac was like, "This is this is great." And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, would a kid know who the hell George Decay is now? I would hope so, but I mean, like, uh, the, the stabbing thing was was oh, the stabbing thing was great. Wasn't like like because you and I were trying. We you and I were trying to come up with something, and you were like, oh. you were like car crash, and I was like, nah, too cliche. School stabbing. And then, and then I was like, and then I was like, oh, how about a, how about a plane crash? And you're like, ah, oh, too grim. And then you pitched something else. I forgot what you pitched. Like, uh, I pitched, um, I pitched a, uh, a, 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 someone coming into the school shooting it up. Yeah, and you I was did. Like, That's you, a little too like, nah, much. Nah, a little like, bit too current. And then I was like, how about, a, how about a school stabbing? And then, stabbing. and then like, I was like, but I was like, then we were both like. Okay, that and the little kid's voice is fucking hilarious. Like, yeah, school stabbing <laughs> instead of school instead of a school shooting, shooting, so that way yeah. it went from a uh, an American thing to a UK thing. Oh, it's definitely <laughs> a that. UK thing. <laughs> so he was like, so he was like, oh, a couple yeah. of kids got stabbed in my school, <laughs> and then he totally just diverts him. Hey, say, would you like a pep hot dog? <laughs> and he, just like that little bit of like three, or two or three second pause, like, huh? <laughs> 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 I don't know how this is gonna happen with my school. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that one's gonna help my school situation, but this is a good hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, dude. And then, and then Paul doing the lines for for Ollie. For Ollie, like it's did, so good. He he, uh, and the fun part was like he decided, and he asked me about it first because I was like, okay, that's, it, that, that'd be fun. He's like, can I do a little bit double entendre? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, can I add some of like double meaning to like some of the? It's like, well, you like, he's like, buy my wieners. <laughs> like, he started to make it like overtly somewhat sexual, but not. Oh, absolutely, because like, Ollie's perfect. not like that. Yeah, Ollie's not like that technically, but people could misconstrue it as that. Oh, and and also, take and also technically, he was in the military. Yeah. So even if he's doing it, like it's doing, he's tongue in cheek about it, you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's just the rules. Yeah, and then you know you you still have the uh, you know the beast you and Rafi's get canceled series, and, that and that's was that's fun. going strong. Oh my god! Like the, I think maybe this was this the first time you heard uh, the uh, beast you in in court epi- uh, episode, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you, you the judging Bishu got... one, first yeah. time I heard it all put together, yeah. What'd you, what did you think of that, how that was put together? What was it like? What did you think of that? 
I felt like I was spending like a Thursday afternoon at my great grandparents' house watching court TV. Yeah, <laughs> that was the point. That's the, like it was supposed to feel like court TV, except for you know talking to a normal defendant. You're talking to an animated hip hop. is the defendant? I think he's called calls himself a dog sir you mean that puppet (laughs) 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 ridiculousness is this i remember i remember listening to this and i was just like like the first time i heard it i was like this is the exact kind of stupidity that we need for this yeah it's just the right amount of stupid just the right amount of stupid because once again this is this is the uh this is the snl meets like monty python thing that i was talking about earlier you know what yeah. i mean like the judge is trying to play it so straight <laughs> just, just going and then nuts. at the end oh my god oh uh, i forgot what the, i forgot what the judge's last line was but i was that's get him out of here this was not in my contract yeah that that's, this wasn't <laughs> in my contract and he fucks off i was like, I was like everybody in the courtroom has gone crazy because this animated sock puppet decided he wanted to beat the shit out of I was like, uh, that, that fits perfectly. Yeah, that, that fits perfectly. It, it's a very dark charm thing. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a thing. But, and, uh, uh, well, I mean, the next wave is coming, and it's just going to get stupider. And we're, we're going to get more McGee's. We're going to get some more... Uh, some some more stuff. I mean, I, and and also let's let's give it up to Mac for the uh, for oh. the recital of the Ghostbusters commercial. Yeah, mm. that was that was intent. That was a <clears throat> that was a tribute, except for the fact that well, you can't call call the cops. Well, don't all call we have us. are guns. All we have is guns. <laughs> <laughs> but like, call the know, keepers. Call the keepers. Here, like, the, that oh. was. That was that was really good, and I and I liked the, I liked the deadpan turn. You know, yeah. <laughs> don't call the cops. We just have guns. Call the keepers. <laughs> so I was like, what? Okay, huh? <laughs> <laughs> just the fact that he did that so deadpan, and then the lady behind it was like, oh but- yeah, like her whole shtick was the idea that she couldn't walk around in her apartment without being molested. But she misses the attention. Now she misses the attention. <laughs> And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I get that, I get that, yeah, I definitely <laughs> understand that one, yeah. <laughs> so, but let's uh, let's 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 close the book on on that and talk about the crown jewel that is being put in the case for now. Yep, and that is Fascination, Fascination Street. Street. This is the season finale. Uh, we have been building up to this for a while, and now we finally get to see. It all play out. We get to see motivations laid bare. We get to see all the angels together, and this was what we promised. I, I mean, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, this yeah. is a hell of a ride. Oh my god, this episode had so much depth to it, so much foreshadowing, so much uh, like adventure. It was, it was so much that putting it all together you could listen to this episode three or four times and still not get all of the things that we'd put into this episode yeah plain and simple 
There were yeah. like you could listen to this three or four times and be like, I didn't notice that before. Ooh, that's an interesting thought. Oh, what the hell happened there? <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So I personally I loved it. Um, especially and I gotta give uh my kudos to to Paul on this one because yeah. he he took it you know, he took the uh, the script and he ran with it. He was like, All right, I'm in this soul bank, I'm trying to blast the hole through it, trying to sit and then, you know, He's just, blasting it so hard that the quakes are felt in the Nexus Eternal. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, even even like Rafferty's sitting there, like, trying to get a hold of both him and 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 Carrie. And there's both in this situation where their their communications are sort of fluttering, right? And and like Carrie's in Carrie's in the uh, the Via Diaboli. <laughs> yeah. She's been snatched out of her position, man. By Bismarck, of all of people. Of all people, because Bismarck is in love with her. Yep, we find that out at the end of the episode. And we'll circle around back to that. Yeah. But, uh, we, yeah, we, was the conversation between her and Bismarck and the uh, Moloch start to, uh, yeah. start to develop. And uh, meanwhile, everything's going fucking haywire inside the, the, the soul bank. And the three fates show up to talk to Rafferty, and I, and I love Rafferty's All three whole fates. I love Rafferty's entire response to them because I think it was Chris that said it to me that, uh, you know, shit's serious when Rafferty leaves the office. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Rafferty left the office. And I was, I was laughing so fucking hard at the intended meaning of that. Like I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was so cool because he showed up in uh in the uh uh at Porta Cayley dressed as Ronald McDonald. Yeah. Yep. And he were like there was like, you know, he was trying to cheer him up because they I I don't know if it was implied because they said it was his real first test that it changed. Yeah. But it didn't necessarily mean that he lost. It yeah. was how he would perform under that pressure and i think damon did well even though damon didn't succeed to well, the that's way just that it. he wanted damon, to damon didn't succeed but he didn't fail in, in no the he slightest. didn't fail either no like this there was just outside circumstances that were that have been playing everybody mm -hmm. like everybody's been played it, like everybody. the fates rafferty the angels heaven hell they've all been played and so we we're, we're we're coming to find this out that Lilith's whole plan, and more and more and more that there's outside people in, in this, and there's way more hands in this pie than we thought. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, uh, Damon didn't fail, but you know, like Rafferty said, you didn't fail. You didn't fail. You, granted, you didn't fucking succeed the way you thought you did, but you didn't fail. So you didn't do, you didn't stand do up. what it wasn't going to be a situation where. Because he was close, he was damn close to doing it until the uh, the saboteur made, made his uh, presence known inside the soul bank. Yeah, and then you know, and then and just it all, all went to hell. All went to hell in a handbasket. It literally summoned every angel and every demon to Back the, to the, the gates. gate, which was their intent. It was their intent. He was just like, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, how else? How else do you? Uh, 
how else do you play in the prison? You get rid of the guards. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, we find out that Bismarck is in love with Carrie. And here's the thing. It hasn't happened yet. So how in the how in the back to the future fuck is this going to work? <laughs> or is this another timeline? You don't know how old Bismarck is at this point. Not at this point. We don't even know we don't even know if it's the same Bismarck. We don't even know if this is the same timeline. We have no fucking idea. We just know that Bismarck and Carrie at some point got very, very close. Mm-hmm. And he's working off those motives while still maintaining his position as loyalty to Moloch. And it's so, it's so interesting to me because like, like we said, there's so much that's going to happen in this episode. And I believe we delivered. I believe that we we delivered wholeheartedly because this episode started and stopped at a hundred miles an hour. Like there was just shit going on. Non fucking stop. And it was uh, the, like the entirety of existence was shaken by these events. Oh, yeah. And so what happens next is going to be, of course, extraordinarily interesting. And I don't think there's going to be a flaming house with two homos in it that are going to make <laughs> up the story. Two magical homos, I should I should say, rather. Sorry. Uh, but, I mean, we do see that they're, the soul bank has been destroyed. But we also know that this might not be the only soul bank so where the fuck is this like how long is this going to keep happening like this is an eternal struggle but now we got saboteurs bombs and then we have a new player in this whole game a race of lions yep where lions wow but like yeah, so like people are pro- like they're 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 asking it's like, what do you mean wear lions? What the hell's going on? What, what poison claws? It'll all make sense later on, because there's a lot of things that have happened behind the scenes. Like I said, Fascination Street is the linchpin of the Dark Charm universe. Everything eventually, spider web wise, whatever, is affected by stuff that happens in this series and vice versa. I so, think that's what inspired that idea of having all my characters arguing with each other. What the fact in, that in front of Rafferty? Yeah. yeah, because it was. I think it was one of the intros to Fascination Street, and it was like, "Welcome to the linchpin of Dark Charm Universe." And I was like, "All my characters exist here." Yeah. Shit. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> they all could exist, and then talk. And then get into fights with each other. Just argue with each other. And cry. And whatever you want them to do. And ask weird questions. Ask weird questions. Why am I here? Why did I do this for? What's it like to have a heart attack? I don't know. That's a preview. That is a preview. (laughs) And of course, you know, we have more information spilling out of Carrie as this is all going on. Like, not only the lions, but a cloaking spell, but the idea that Azrael's scythe was used in a betrayal. Mm-hmm. And it, it just keeps going that everybody's looking for answers and nobody fucking has one right now. And especially, where is Lucifer? And what's really funny is that Danny and I had previously talked about a possibility of where Lucifer is. But I'm not sure if, uh, I'm not sure if where that's, that's where you intended to take it. Because if it is, that's going to be a lot of fun. If not, 
it's still going to be a lot of fun, but in a different aspect. Keep in um, mind now, there is a total separation between the ethereal realm and the physical realm because of what happened. And you have two versions of Damon Holloway, one on each side. <laughs> oh my God, it's going to yeah. be insane. And Damon is just watching chaos. Yeah. He's, he's watching in, chaos. He's happen. in the Balkans. People are shooting each other and they got no place to go. So they go right back into their bodies. You mean the Falcon Islands? What Falcon Islands are we talking about here? There's <laughs> Falcon Islands all over the place. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's like. So he realizes at this point that his, his suit has been detached, cut off. Cut yeah. off from the, uh, the ethereal realm because. If you if you do remember anything in regards to the the whole entire series, the suits are powered by pyros, which all comes from the ethereal plane. Yeah. Without that, there's a limited battery, and you sort of see the same thing in regards to what happened with Jet and his suit. You notice that there's a limited amount of power in it. Well, why? Two different reasons. One could be a physical severing and the other can be a spiritual severing and that's that's it becomes a huge dichotomy with with how each of the suits work in both and the, we'll explain and it we'll, we will. Explain we'll get it into it on. right now we're, we're 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 bringing everybody into the world and we're we'll get into the nitty-gritty mm -hmm. later on we just want you oh, guys yeah. to have fun before we start you know and overanalyzing yeah <laughs> encyclopedia dark charm uh and we have the last line of the season, which is the biggest preview we have so far. Tellurian Guardian Protocol. Tellurian Guardian Protocol. And so we're going to have something completely new next season. Oh. And let me tell you, like, from, from, and we ran through this episode rather quickly because honestly, it's better you guys just listen to it. I know we love to talk in detail about episodes, but this is one of those episodes where it's just like I, we would rather you experience it than listen to us analyze it and go through it. And you know what I mean? We're talking yeah. about the biggest points, which is I mean, we literally saved the best for last. Yeah, and you know, we talked about the idea of uh, Bismarck in love with Carrie, or a version of Bismarck in love with a version of Carrie. We talked about the two demons, the suits, everything that's happening, and it's all just going to keep growing from here. And, uh, you know, with that, with that said, though, this is the season finale. And uh, I think, personally, as a writer, uh, I think we delivered. I think we gave them a hell of a fireworks show in this last uh, episode. What do you think? I agree. I totally agree. Um, I think that the i think the fans of dark charm got a taste of what this universe brings to it multiverses things like that i think they got a good taste and they're gonna they're gonna love to see where this goes next season so yeah chris it was fucking epic <laughs> like some lord of the Rings shit yeah if lord of the rings had like fucking 80s fucking metal in it <laughs> yeah oh my god like the music did the music was amazing 
Um, yeah, let's talk about the soundtrack real quick before we close the book on it. So, this was uh, <laughs> th- this was like a tape in my old car. This was like a tape yeah. in my old Cadillac, dude. Like, I was having fun with this. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot how dense this is, but damn, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, what, what were some of the songs you used to explain? Well, Final Countdown. Right? Final Countdown was uh, <laughs> in the in the soul bank where he was trying to uh-huh. find a way to, to keep the defilers away from him so he could do his job. And they activated Aura of Soul. Boom! I gotta have a song with a really awesome, just, just kick-ass enter. Like, and it, it fit for him so well in that part. And then, like, I did... For the reuniting of Carrie and, and Damon, I did Toto's Africa, the end mm-hmm. part. Yeah. And I was like, I let the song play because, to be quite honest, the, the lyrics of the song fed the, it's going to take a lot to drag me away from you. Yeah. All that, like, and it was like perfect to watch them both back together because obviously they didn't know if either one of them was going to survive what was going on. And then I was like, you know what would be very interesting to do? I was like, Kiri from Mr. Mister. When yeah. all hope looks like it's fucking lost. If you if you if you know the meaning behind the song. I don't a, actually. So the meaning behind the song is it's Greek for um This is Danny Atwell for a editorial comment. I was wrong about that translation. It more or less means, Lord, have mercy on me. We return you back to our original feed. Oh, or, cool. or, so whenever he says, Kyrie Eleison on the road that I must travel, Kyrie Eleison in the darkness of the night, he's basically saying, Lord, help me. It's, re- it's funny enough, people are like, this is a religious song? Yes. Did it make its way through the 80s as a classic? Yes. Yeah. So, so the idea of having that at the end where everybody else is severed from each other and and Damon is walking around all this chaos in in the material world and he activates the Tellurian protocol that was it it's like that like I knew I knew I wanted to use that as sort of like a um, a gateway into the second season so definitely so uh stay tuned for season two coming probably, i don't know when but it'll... probably next early next year if not later this year more than likely early next year because early next year probably it takes it takes a lot to produce this one particular show but it is our crown jewel mm-hmm. uh so uh, i i believe the work is worth the wait mm-hmm. so very much so stick with us folks and of course rafferty will be returning i'm hoping Rafferty's going to be returning for a lot of different things. Rafferty is actually going to be uh, a voice of uh, a new season coming up pretty soon uh, that I'm in charge of. And so that's going to be also very interesting. Yeah. But let's go ahead and close the the, the book on this and just say we have so much more coming, folks. I know April was, 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 was emotional and dense and, uh, you know, it took a lot to get through, but trust me, May is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> it's going to be so. extraordinarily funny, and it's going to be um, it's going to be one of the highlights of of uh, Dark Charm so far. You got the, the episode nine, 
of uh, Detonation Boulevard. You're going to have yeah. more fun with Dirt. You're going to have the premieres of both Branded by Blood and Tales of the Nightchild. Those are, those are going to be awesome. So, and, and we have with us today uh, the, the main character star of Tales of the Nightchild, Chris Angle, here with us today, who I'm, I got to tell you, the material you sent me to get worked on, oh my God, bro. This you have reaffirmed every everything I had in my in my being to say that you were perfect for this character. <laughs> I'm glad the night child stuff worked out because it was literally oh. like a uh, well, let me just try something. Dude. <laughs> all I'm saying is you're gonna you're gonna love episode one. Flat out from all, all right. the stuff you did. Oh, oh well, yeah. I'm excited. Among to other hear things, it. I'm gonna I'm, I'm, but like like the fans themselves are going to be in for a real treat because you hear these names, especially that you know the names that were in Noxo. Some of the names sometimes even in uh, Dark Charm presents. You heard Braden Devereaux and you heard Nightchild or Christian Hawk, either one. So I, now, I know what. Since you're like the grand poobah of Dark Charm, I wanted to ask this question. Okay, is Jet somehow related to Christian Hawk? Because here was my theory. Christian Hawk is Jet's grandpa. So since Christian Hawk had that whole thing going on, he wasn't really a very present father. So Jet's dad didn't know how to be a father. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but they are related. It is a headcanon, and I like this headcanon. So, uh... Just stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned, and uh, we're yeah, gonna... stay tuned. Maybe you can help me figure this out, guys. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely, because you have you have the writer of Night Child. I didn't have a hand in that one, uh, but you know, uh, I'm I'm gonna be an observer for this one as well. So uh, we're gonna have a lot observer of observer my for... butt. You're 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 gatekeeper Mortis, I man. For... I forget what I narrate. <laughs> Dude, you're the. If, the, if, if Miguel is the Street, Danny Trejo of Dark Charm. <laughs> so, okay, okay, I'm going to say that if, if Fascination Street is the linchpin of the Dark Charm universe, you are the linchpin of both of these series. Without Mortis, it doesn't fly. Yeah, I forget. God. That's all I got to say. I forget. You're basically your own Rafferty there, Miguel. You're your I own know, Rafferty. Right? <laughs> oh, damn it. Who are you? Well, I'm you. Ah, oh, fuck. I'm you. Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> so, uh, let's, uh, do we, we have a little bit of time. Do we have any more, do we have any uh, uh, questions? I have two questions that were sent in by fans. Okay, cool. I have, uh, one question is, uh, is there going to be a season two of Detonation Boulevard guaranteed to us? And uh, I don't remember who sent that in. It sounds I, like something Gibby would say. I do not know um, offhand if there's going to be there. There isn't going to be one of actually of Detonation Boulevard, but there might be an offshoot in the same universe uh, of things that are happening maybe all around the rest of the world. Pre-Detonation Avenue. No, no, no. no not, that, that, it, it's actually. Um, but it, oh. like I said, at this point, it depends on how our ratings come at the end. If fans yeah. want this to continue, we'll figure it out. 
So there you go, folks. Send an email. Darkcharmradio at gmail.com. Let us know. If you want more Detonation Boulevard, you want more Jet, you want more Fits, you have to tell us. Because if, if we don't if if, uh, if if we don't see specifically those names, we'll we'll write more stories about the world. Because uh, as we said in previous episodes of Off the Cuff, it's the world featuring Jet, and it's the world featuring uh, Fitz and Jet in it. And so, let us know if you want more Jet, you want more Fitz, uh, and you want more Detonation Boulevard. You have to tell us. So that's that was question number one. Uh, question number two. Danny, who is your who is who's your favorite character to voice and why? Mm. I think I think you've answered this one, but I think this I think we've had so many more episodes and shows come out that I think you might your your answer might be updated. Yeah, uh I had um originally I said Vern Garvey. Yeah. Um but to be honest, I really enjoyed doing both Hack and uh St. Michael. I like doing both of those. Yeah, see, but, Michael, uh, you, you put a lot of oomph in. I try. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for the most part, like, Hack was a experience altogether, especially after the episode we just had. It was very um, rewarding to take that to a different level. Awesome. I'll definitely say that, yeah. And I got one for Chris. Oh, Chris uh, has got one. Care. I got a one for Chris. Uh, it's weird getting fan mail. Uh, <laughs> out of your characters, which one has been the most difficult to voice? P.S. Love fits. Hmm. That is a really good question. Uh, first, Sorry. I have to remember all the ones I voiced. Yeah. You voiced a lot of them. Um, but but mentioning the most difficult one would be definitely be insane. Just you know, think about it. Yeah, think that's all a... the ones you've done. Maybe it's one you haven't. Uh, maybe it's one you haven't or had released yet. Well, I was thinking about that. That is a freaking good question. Um... I know, man. Like <laughs> whoever gave this bad boy, they get my, they get the double golden thumbs up. <laughs> There's one that hasn't been released yet. He's a doctor, and the reason it was hard for me to. Uh, that one I would consider difficult is because it was very hard to not have him sound like Rafferty. Because I don't want the voices to sound too similar. Yeah. You know, like... You don't want, so you don't want I would, bleed over. Yeah, I would probably say that this, this doctor that's coming up later on was difficult because in my mind, I'm like, all right, cool. He's a calm, you know, science-minded guy that's not Rafferty. <laughs> like... That or that or Fitz. Fitz would be the second most difficult because that great because of the up. episode yeah. because of the episode where uh, Lynx dies. I was like, but Fitz is a tough guy, and the the character that I based that character off of never really showed any emotion. So I was like, shit, I don't have like a benchmark for how to do that. So you but luckily, fooled me, dude. Luckily it turned out insane. okay. <laughs> the oh trick God. the trick was I had to sit there and like as I was uh reading the lines out in the beginning of the episode when Fitz is like really emotional about it, was I had mm. to kinda like shake my belly a little bit. So it was <laughs> like he was trying to hold it back. You know, he still had to be tough. 
But yeah, no, the doctor for me was the most difficult one because I didn't want him to sound like Rafferty. Like Rafferty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's going to come out really good, but if, you know, when it comes out too. What, what about you, Danny? Well, who's most, who's been the most difficult? It's got to be Bishu. That's got to be hard it's on your Bishu. throat. Oh my, you're absolutely right. <laughs> getting that high, getting that high <laughs> pitch gets hurting after a while mm. but I'm, I'm especially if i'm having a bad day like i could do ralphie's anytime but bishu yeah that that would that just, oh wow the highest point in that um in my more serious roles honestly i think the 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 idea at this point of trying to convey the proper thing without seeming weird would have to say i would have to say leaf mm. um leaf is very tough sorry <clears throat> excuse me leaf's very tough to do properly without seeming offensive to someone else but without still, without being stereotypical without being yeah. stereotypical because that's the one thing about uh as we call the magical homos they're not stereotypical um no. and you know that's for a purpose so that would have to say, serious wise, it's 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 Leif, but overall it is Bishu. It is very freaking tough. <laughs> like I can't even do Bishu today. I could I could do raffles you know, like all the time. But trying to excuse me. But trying is kind of hard. My God, I, I couldn't even attempt that. Fuck that. <sighs> As for me, oh man, and Bionne the funny, Rouge, oh yeah, Bionne Rouge, having to keep that accent up for because like I, 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 we write the we write the lines and it's like yes, this is gonna sound great. Fuck, I gotta do an accent for that fucking line. No, what's worse is you'll sit there and you'll be in the in in the zone for French. And you'll find yourself slipping into Russian. Yeah, I slip into <laughs> Russian sometimes. And I'm like, God damn it. <coughs> and then we'll take a five-minute break and try to come back. And for some reason, I'm just fucking Ivan Ivanovsky from Ivanstown. And, and I'm just like, fuck. You'll go, Danny, <laughs> you'll go, Danny I lost it. I'm like, lost yeah, the, I lost I lost, the, I lost the French. I lost a fucking accent. <laughs> the first time I did that, Danny I couldn't get out stop of laughing. He was laughing uh, yeah. for a solid ten minutes at me. Like, dude, shut up. I lost the fucking French. <laughs> we literally had to stop recording that day. You're like, I yeah. lost it. I can't get it back. I'm stuck I in Russian. I was trying so hard. He was hard. trying so hard. But, uh, but like, Pionet Rouge, like, because of, like, how, how, like, everything he says is so venomous. Everything he says is venomous. Like, there's never, even, like, his, uh, even, like, the, the one line he had for, like, like the the, the 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 when he says au revoir like even that came out venomous and i'm like everything about him is so fucking poignant and for me to lose the accent midway through the fucking <laughs> monologue like i was like fuck <laughs> oh man it was it was it i was think great. it's just because of the french accent though that it sounds so venomous i mean you remember the movie kung pao but the alien yeah. the main alien bad guys were french and They're French, works. baby. Stinky pizza and all. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! All right. So then, fine. I got. I got a question for uh, everybody present here. Right. Uh, what has been the line 
either throw away or the joke that has made you guys laugh the hardest in any of these episodes. Who are you? Do I know you? How do you know me? What number am I thinking of? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that shit. I'm like, what a little asshole this guy what? is. <laughs> fucking dick. He's literally talking to a being of divinity and he's just fucking with him. <laughs> my, my favorite is, what are you, a what are you, a bat? Like, what is it? Are you a marsupial? Oh, a shit, marsupial? is that racist? What is it? Is it racist? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. I forgot about that. <laughs> no, and then, and then I'll follow that up. I'll okay, follow that up with the uh, one from uh, Commercial Palooza, where you were like, "Hey, where's my? Is that my camera? Why, oh, you, you little, <laughs> you furry little motherfucker, <laughs> you furry little motherfucker." <laughs> and just like the deadpan, uh, the deadpan of th- that Miguel was like, "Don't ever buy anything for Miss Badger. Don't, don't." Oh yeah, the micro machines part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god I, like for me it it has been and always will be who are you who are you is it <laughs> like that's it. every time who i think you? about it every time i think about it this this eternal being just just this 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 infinite knowledge person entity instantly followed done. by the uh <laughs> followed by uh rafferty getting a soup Followed oh, by Muska Domestica. Oh my god! But no, that, that that's that's the line. Like out of like all of the fucking, all of, all of the stuff we've ever written, like just the delivery was so clean and so deadpan, and it was just so perfect. Of, who are you? Like. <laughs> Poor Damon. No one, no one knew who the hell he was. <laughs> and like, oh my god! Like, I, I've, I've had so much fun with so many lines, and you know, like everything we do that is funny is, is, is intentionally funny, and sometimes like not intentionally funny, like stuff with Gladys. You know what I mean? Oh my and, god! Yeah. Uh, and anything involving the fucking Gladys's badger. life is so fucking stressful. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> Imagine and, what her life's going to be like after the last season of, of Brotherhood. And How much shit just actually happened when she finally came back. Like, yeah. And, 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 you know, like, her interactions with everybody, like, like, like PJ's fucking line of, like, why does this taste like maple syrup? And then everybody's losing their shit. Yeah. Uh, like, like there's, there's, so, there's so many good lines, but, like, to this day, the one that is just like solidified is, is just who are you? <laughs> yeah. But I do believe that is all the time we have. Yeah. Uh, so Danny, let everybody know what's coming up and where to where to find it. Well, you can find all of our stuff at Dark Charm Radios wherever you get your podcasts. Uh. Spotify, Apple, uh, we do Google Podcasts. There's a bunch of different places you can find us. You can also find us on Facebook at Dark Charm Media. You can find all the new episodes. Uh, if you make sure you put in your notifications uh, for whatever you know your special, um, you can find all their stuff on that. Uh, you can send any uh, messages through the Dark Charm page on Facebook, or you can send us emails directly at darkcharmradio at gmail.com. 
Um, May is going to be as epic as you could possibly get while still loving the fact that June's coming too. So yep. you're going to have the, uh, the next episodes of fun with dirt. You're going to have the season premieres of both branded by blood and tales of the night child. And you're going to have episode nine of detonation Boulevard. What's there to miss? Plus you're going to have another off the cuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I am, I am, I am personally very much looking forward to tales of the night child. And I am also very much looking forward to branded by blood because that's going to be Gibby's, uh, official, uh, foot, uh, just, just foot, foot in the door to, uh, a voice acting. Yes. Uh, and you know, it's going to be uh, really interesting to see where he takes it and how he takes it. Oh, trust me at, at this point, sky's the limit. You're going to, like if our fans are going to love this absolutely so uh let's go ahead and say good night i will bid you all good night folks good night take care kids you've been listening to off the cuff backstage at dark charm media a dark charm media production fascination street by the cure rise by the cult special effects by zapsplat.com Dark Charm Media, copyright 2023, all rights reserved.